Trading Group. I'm going to give you the number. And I know it's hard. It's hard when you know that you've fallen victim to the don't worry, be happy, everything's wonderful. Uh, the man behind the curtain, 800 951 Here's what I do. Really simply. I sell insurance. Yeah, no, just not not the kind that you, you know you normally associate like automobile insurance or health insurance or life insurance. We sell wealth insurance. See, we live in a time, okay, in a time where fiat money and money's kind of a strong word for it. What I like to call just pieces of paper with pretty colors on it, and maybe some aren't even that pretty, that they pawn off as money, has created the biggest debt-laden society in the history of the world. And now we find ourselves possibly getting ready to struggle again with this. And when you buy gold and silver from us, what you're saying is, is I want to protect my wealth. I want to keep what I've worked so hard for. I want to maintain its buying power. And I'll give you the easiest example up until 1933, right when the government closed the banks and confiscated the gold, all through the direction of the Federal Reserve. Just imagine if you had five $20 liberties, or maybe $20 saints. Okay? That would have been $100. 100 Federal Reserve notes. Now, if you found that $100 today, so you had five $20 liberties, or saints, however you want to do it, and you had five $20 bills, they were worth the exact same. Today, that those five $20 bills, that'd give you, what, 100 bucks. Uh, you couldn't even buy one tire for your car. Uh, if you drive my, wife, my wife's 2009 Escalade, and it was empty, and you had to fill it up with gasoline, you could almost get it done. It'd be close, right? Right on the... You know, right right there, about one tank of gas. If you had the five gold pieces today, okay, the five gold pieces today, uh, yeah, you got about $7,000. That's the type of insurance we sell here. Do you want $100? 
or do you want $7,000? I mean, that's really what we're talking about here. This is what gold and silver does. It doesn't really make you money. And this is why Wall Street hates it. Right? They hate it. Right? Remember when they used to argue about how gold didn't pay money or pay interest? Remember? Oh, it's a horrible investment. It doesn't even pay you interest. <laughs> now they don't pay you interest. So is putting your money in the bank. It's a horrible. Why would you put your money in the bank? It doesn't pay interest. In some places, it pays less than that. Uh, I got a note here. By the way, 800-951-0592, the website at allamericangold.com. Friday, I got a box here at the office. Inside the box, I had this note and four hats. I want to read this to you. It was uh, addressed to me and then my uncle. First off, thank you for all the information and the money that I have made buying gold and silver. And again, it's you didn't make any money. That, that's not really what you did. What you did was you insured your wealth. By buying gold and silver today, 10 years from now, you'll have been, main, been able to maintain your purchasing power. You know, it's just like a, uh, a head of cattle. 100 years ago, you get about a head of cattle, right? Get about a cow, the whole cow, for, for 20 bucks. Today, buy a, a, a heifer here, you know, for 1400 bucks. You know, that's what it does. I thought I would send you a gift. Eric was the first person I ever heard mention the tinfoil helmet. By the way, he got that from me, okay? Uh, just so, by the way, this was from Mike. Just so you know, Mike, he got that from me. Ever since I've started making imitation tinfoil hats slash helmets, who better to give a few to? The reason for calling them imitation is there, is there isn't any tinfoil in them, right? You can't even get tinfoil. I'll finish the rest of this before we get into the day stuff. Patriot Radio News Hour. Don't touch that dial. 800-951-0592. Before this is over, the question isn't going to be how big your 401k is. Because as I've... uh, so eloquently, if I may say, pointed out, no one really has any money in it. I mean, a few people do. Sorry, I had to take a drink there. A few people do. But the 90% of 401k holders have less than 100000 The vast majority of them have less than even 50000 And it's been the greatest con job ever enacted on the American public. The question is going to be, how much does it weigh? Those that have the gold make the rules. And I hope you're smart enough to see through what's happening. I hope you are. 
And I hope you start getting back to getting serious about getting yourself prepared. But uh, I want to finish this letter here from Mike. Because he's right. You know, you can't go buy tinfoil. You know, I've got a couple of helmets that are the, you know, they're, they're the aluminum foil. You know, you buy it at the, the supermarket. Mike said he made his out of mylar. And he made me two kinds. So I've got the, what he calls the original, which is the tinfoil is on the outside. And one of them, I love it. I actually had one on. Uh, and I'll tell you what I'll do. We'll get a picture of them. Uh, when I'll get, I'll have one on. I'll get Wendy. I'll get Arlene. We'll take a picture of it. We'll post it. Uh, maybe we'll get, uh, uh, we'll post it on Facebook. Something. We'll do something with it. I will post it up there. But the one, my favorite one, is if you've ever seen the movie. Uh, God, now I'm going to forget the name of the movie. Burgess Meredith, Walter Matthau, grumpy old men. You know the the hat that's got the ear flaps. You know, you, the, 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 you can flap them down or flop them up. That's my favorite one. But he's, he gave me the – I got two originals, and then he he made a different one. So if you're into uh, tinfoil helmet making, uh, the secret imitation tinfoil helmet, he actually tinfoiled the inside of two helmets. Yeah, so on the outside, just looks like a puffy hat. It is, so there you go. Got creative. The the tinfoil helmet collection uh, continuing to grow here at Patriot Trading Group. Mike, thank you so much. Uh, I wanted to give you a shout-out. We loved them. We, we laughed. Uh, I was wearing it all day on Friday. So uh, there you have it, the tinfoil helmet club. So... As I was telling you, you know, by the and I guess gold's up 50, 1321. Well, 1320 and 80 cents, 1321 dollars on gold. Silver's up almost 20 cents, 14 dollars 75 cents. The Dow down again. Right now, the Dow's down 50, the SP's down 11. The Nasdaq's down just under 100 points. I think we're back, what, 24-7 in change right now on the Dow. One of the things, now you would think, the way they act, that all everybody was out there buying this stuff up like crazy to 22,000. Well, I got just below that, 21,900, something like that. And, you know, the, the Federal Reserve, they misspoke. You know, they had a bad day in December. The last rate hike in December, which, by the way, was too much. And the Dow fell, and then they've rallied it back. And, oh, no, everything's great because the Fed said, oh, no, we're sorry. Blah, blah. That was all wasn't true. But really, what wasn't true was who bought it. Were you buying it? I mean, you always have your 401k money as you put it in there. But come to find out, and this is something that Eric had always wondered about and worried about. 
was when the baby boomers retired, who was going to buy the stock market? And I haven't paid a lot of attention, and maybe I should have. Volumes, and I've, I've said this in the past, volumes are about half of what it was when I started. So we have a a, a, uh, a machine that directly connects to Wall Street. And I know the shares traded on, like, the NYSE and on the NASDAQ. And used to be the, the NYSE, as an example, the volume there would always be uh, or I'm sorry, on the Dow Jones, the the volume would be, you know, somewhere between 1.5 billion shares, you know, to 2 billion shares a day, every day. Heavy volume, it could get up to 3 billion. Light volume, maybe it was a billion shares. Today, I can't even tell you how many times it's even gotten to a billion shares traded. It hardly ever happens anymore. On the NASDAQ, I mean, NASDAQ used to do two, three, four billion shares a day all the time. And again, now a really heavy day. Maybe two billion shares. And I know that sounds like a lot, but in the last 15 years, Half of the volume, give or take, has disappeared. And then this latest run-up, I'll call it the, the, and I'll call it what I said it was going to be the whole time, a dead cat bounce, wasn't bought by individuals. Corporations have been the biggest buyer of stocks since President Trump won the election. So you think about that, this, this bull market. They're the biggest buyer. Typically, the public had been considered the crowd in stock markets. When I started here, that was it. Or put another way, dumb money. Right? I mean, you know, that's just kind of what they did. Retail investors tend to buy the most at the top and sell the least at the bottom. See, and I try to convince you guys to buy gold now. Because it's the bottom. It's not the dead bottom. You miss the dead bottom. Right? The dead bottom... Happened three years ago. It got to 1,050, completely retraced its steps. And and still here, we're sitting here at $1,321. And you're going to look back at this as another one of those. It's like when I started at Patriot all those years ago. The dead bottom had been 250 Right, I started working. It was in the low 300s. It's a great time to buy. This is it again. And, and one of the things 
that as I sit there and share this with you, is this is what's happened to the debt markets. Right? The public is tapped out. The baby boomers, right? You guys are retiring. The younger generation, I mean, they're still living in their parents' basements 30%. And I'm not talking about 18 years. I'm talking about 30-something-year-olds. Retail investors have not been participating much in the market making it harder to use that crowd as an indicator of sentiment. Now, part of the reason why, right, we've been getting these ridiculous confidence numbers. And now it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Right, These businesses, oh, yeah, 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 because they're buying back their own stock. Strong public selling should be bullish. That's what they used to do, right? They'd wait for you guys to sell and then they'd buy it all. But perhaps the crowd this cycle is corporations. Not perhaps. Right? The the public, it appears to be out of this market. Right? In other words, hey, we've got the 401k money for those that have it. But that's about it. The non-financial corporate crowd. And they're talking about piling into stocks with buybacks. Right? The non-financial corporate crowd. So take the banks out. What do you got? Buybacks, mergers, and acquisitions. We've seen a lot of that, too. Not not as much as I thought, but we still see a lot of that. New corporate offerings have jumped to the highest level in years. Of course, that's been well down. The IPOs and Lyft and Uber, right, they were huge. So, And by the way, they took a bath on those. Investors believe it's a basic supply and demand equation. Come to find out, it really hasn't been. It's not that everybody loves America's stocks. It's just been the the owners, the stock, the companies themselves have been the only ones buying it. And now they're talking about what's happening next. And they said that they're starting to see cracks in the amount of debt issuance. And this is a big number. And we don't talk about this enough. Are these companies looking to borrow money? Now we've seen a, especially in the last 10 years, a big, big jump on companies wanting to borrow money. Now, they're doing it for one of two reasons. They were broke, right? We're seeing that like the retail, the the bankruptcy starting to pile up, right? We've seen that in the retail space, right? They're shaky, right? And I've talked about what? The quality of loans. 
How much of these loans are going to bad companies? They're junk. And then, of course, the other one, borrowing money to buy back their own stock. See, they're not buying it with cash. And that's such a huge misconception. People think, oh, we're buying $10 billion of our stock back. Not like they're taking their cash out of their... That's not how they're buying it. There's been a dramatic change, according to the banks and the financial institutions and companies wanting to borrow money. And I think this is going to be a scary time. We'll see. Uh, it looks like and, and we're going to retest those lows that we saw in December. I just don't know who the buyer is going to be. The American student consumer, I'm going to talk about their feelings when we get back. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. The most important case before the Supreme Court could be decided any day now. At issue is whether the upcoming 2020 census will be allowed to include one very simple question. Is this person a citizen of the United States? As you might imagine, leftists aren't so happy about this question. Yet the census includes questions about race, sex, and age. Citizenship status is just as important as other demographic details. As Justice Brett Kavanaugh pointed out during oral argument, other countries routinely ask their residents about citizenship in their censuses. Fellow Trump nominee Neil Gorsuch signaled his support for allowing the question about citizenship. Justice Alito seemed on board, too, and Justice Thomas is expected to join this conservative bloc. Still, the mindless zombie horde of the left has created an uproar over the issue, and the left side of the Supreme Court dutifully followed the party line throughout oral argument. The leftists on the Supreme Court are not the only judicial activists attacking this reasonable move by the Trump administration. At trial in a lower court, an Obama-appointed judge named Jesse Furman openly attacked Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross for authorizing the citizenship question. The district judge declared that Ross had somehow, quote, violated the public trust, end quote, by including this question, even though similar questions have been asked many times in the past. That smear was unfair, but the litigation machine on the left has obtained additional federal court rulings to block President Trump's citizenship question. Let's cut through the politics and talk about the facts. No one can be deported for truthfully answering the question about citizenship on the census. But we would learn how many illegal residents are really here in America. That also means liberal states like California and New York would not get extra federal dollars and congressional representation for these non-citizen aliens. In short, it all comes down to whether America wants to hold up the standards of fairness and truth or whether we would rather be ruled by a culture of corruption and deceit. For now, the American people will just have to wait and see what the U.S. Supreme Court has to say on this important case, Department of Commerce v. New York. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Illegal immigration burdens our schools and social services and opens doors to criminals and terrorists. Outdated visa programs divert jobs from Americans. PhyllisSchlafly.com chronicles these outrageous unfair practices and provides answers. 
go online to phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800-951-0592. So here's what's happening on Wall Street. The consumer's out. They've been out. The companies have been borrowing money to buy stocks. It's hit a wall. And now the stocks are falling again. And and I don't know how this works, but I look at housing. Because we, we, we entered this cycle where when the Fed started to raise rates, every time housing slowed down, there'd be talk about rate cuts and this and that, and the 10-year note would fall. Mortgage rates would come down, and sales would pick back up. That's not working anymore. Matter of fact, home sales keep falling. The consumer making up the smallest part of home sales in, well, since the flip boom. Remember, I was doing all the stories about the flippers, right? And now all these home sales have stopped because the price doesn't rise. The flippers are starting to lose money. The 10-year note, man, I thought it was done. It's not done. We were at 325 when the Dow crashed in December. Right this second, we're at 210, 2.1. Got as low as 2.07 while you were sleeping this morning. Mortgage rates have come way down, yet home sales keep falling. So do car sales. People are starting to worry, and I remember this is—they're all connected. I've told you about the debt levels the consumers have. I told you about the defaults, how they keep rising: credit card defaults, auto loan defaults, right? Student loan default. No one's even paying a student loan. I shouldn't say no one. That's an exaggeration. Twenty percent of the people are paying it. This morning, we got two pieces of economic data out. One was construction. The other was the Purchasing Managers Index, the Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index. It got worse. It fell to 50.5 in May. So remember, expansion is anything above 50. We didn't get to 55. We got to 50.5. By the way, this is the lowest reading in 10 years. So now we're all the way back to September of 2009. New orders actually contracted so the index stayed positive barely 
new orders fell into contraction. Now you're like, ah, double, come on, you know, it's only one survey. So the first time this, the Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index new orders has been negative since August of 2009. You think back, think back, you know, people forget. We, I think we're only on QE1 at that point. I don't even know if we had QE2 yet. That was the last time this number was negative. They said that many manufacturers endured one of the toughest stretches in nearly 10 years. The survey respondent said that weak client demand drops in new orders. Firms were also saying customers were postponing orders that they already had placed. Because, you know, you order it today for delivery 6, 8, 10, 12 weeks from now. They said new business contracted at the quickest pace in years as well. Employment growth, obviously, the slowest since 2017. That was the number from the manufacturers. And again, remember, I told you well before December, what, back in October, things were slowing. And you be ready, get ready. And of course, the idiots that try to keep you convinced it's not, the cheerleading squad, try to tell you, no, it's going to be fine. And all the Fed has to do is cut rates a couple of times, and it'll be fixed. I just told you about the 10-year note. The 10-year note's actually acting like the Fed has cut rate, what, four times? I mean, the Fed's funds rate's at 235. The 10-year note's barely above two. Right? The 10-year note historically is supposed to average at least two full percentage points above the Fed's funds rate. Not supposed to be below it. By the way, the lowest 10-year note yield ever was 1.37. I mean, we're less than a point away. We're about three-quarters of a point away from the lowest ever. That was back when rates were zero. Something's really not right. I don't know what it is. I keep hoping that the the slide's going to stop. But then I, I get this data. I get the ISM data. I'm like, that. none of that report was good. Then we get construction spending. Now, construction spending was supposed to rise. It always does at this time of year. It didn't. Dead flat. No pickup in the housing industry whatsoever. Despite falling interest rates. I mean, they've fallen a ton. 
and it, it, there's been no increase. They said outlaw, uh, outflows or outlays in April. This was an April number. Completely unchanged. Construction companies saying home builders are building next to nothing. I don't know. Patriot Radio News Hour. I keep wanting to be wrong. Hasn't happened yet. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. Uh, the Dow down 75 points. Uh, the Nasdaq's down 100. S&P's down 13. Gold's up now 15 and a half dollars. 13, 21 and a half. Uh, silver approaching now 1480. 800. 951. Gold's risen almost $10 since the show is started. Five more dollars since the show started. It was up ten. Now it's up fifteen and a half. I've got U.S. twenty dollar Saint Gaudens. They're fourteen hundred and twenty five dollars. I also have Liberty same price fourteen twenty five. Eight hundred. Nine five one zero five nine two volume discounts. You want to buy twenty or more? Uh, we'll we'll knock the price down for you. But I'm going to tell you right now, all the prices on the web, all, all the price got to go up. And and all of the things again. And I how many times have I said it? I can be wrong for a little while because I <clears throat> I'm not wrong just takes a while for Wall Street to figure it out. Remember, every crash we've had, right, all-time high, tech bubble, blows up. 87 crash, all-time high, blows up. Housing market slash, you know what, the housing market didn't even... They didn't even crash, did they? They they, they didn't crash. The market didn't crash till 08. Call it the financial crisis, and now you know. And I and I hear all of these guys talk on TV. I don't get it, but I'm worried now. The bond market. This, this is more than just a little blip. We've seen blips, but it comes right back. It's not coming back, and now the data is starting to get ugly. This one just came out. Well, and I don't know if it just... I just saw it during the break. It's called the Case Freight Index. Every month this report comes out, it tracks all measures of freight into and out of the United States. Okay, this is the broadest freight measure there is. Now down 3.2% year over year and falling fast. So this was a big surprise. They were thinking down, you know, they were hoping for down 1, 1.5%. Now down 3.2%. And they wanted people to know 
This data was collected before the president announced the tariffs on Mexico. And they're saying that they expect these numbers to now get even worse and you just start putting it together. Freight, ship, rail, truck, you name it. We're 3.2% less this year than last year. And think about it, this is how the this is how everything gets done, right? ISM manufacturing. I mean it was positive. I mean barely. But then you look at the thing that says, okay, is it gonna stay positive? New orders. First time it's been negative in a decade. By the way, the positive reading, the lowest in a decade. Are you ready? And here's the part that I worry the most about when I talked about who's going to buy it. We're not buying it. I, I gave you the numbers, right? The, 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 they said all of the buying's been done by corporations. That was a big part of the tax cut and the, the deregulation. They bought back their own stock. Now what? And I don't know the answer. But I do know there's guys, oh, the, the Fed's going to cut two more times. Now, this year, right? That's the new plan now. That's the new, hey, don't don't run out of stocks. Fed's going to cut rates twice this year. I don't know about that. I don't think they're that smart, number one. But number two, I look at the 10-year note. I look at the I look at the entire bond market. It's actually priced in four cuts. And it hasn't things still are getting worse. Why does the Fed have to cut rates? The bond market's done it for them. I don't know. But I do know this. Call or don't. Prepare or don't. But I told you a year ago, 2018 was the first inning of the debt bomb cycle. Every one of these corporations is loaded with it. They're loaded with it. They can't afford to slow down. The American consumer, loaded with it. I didn't even get to, right, the millennials. By the way, it's the poorest a, a generation in their age group, 22 to 38. It's the poorest they've been since they tracked records. Of course, they've been tracking records since the baby boomers when you were millennials. They've never had such little money. 800 951 Patriot Radio News Hour final segment on this Monday. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two twenty dollar liberties and saints at fourteen and a quarter at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two gold uh, up sixteen bucks right now thirteen twenty one and change silver's uh, 
1480 up over 20 cents. Uh, the Dow uh, in negative territory down 60. The Nasdaq's down 100 and still early. The economic data today did nothing to settle down the bond market. The 10-year yield fell even further. Now you think about it, we've got the the two-year, the five-year, the seven-year, all under 2%. The 10-year right near it. The three-month note, by the way, yielding 234. Uh, the one-year note yielding two, I think it was 217. So now this yield curve inversion is getting worse, not better. Uh, that's not a it's not a good sign. We'll have to wait. We'll see how it all plays out. Uh, but so far, anyway, it appears that the slowdown that they knew was coming, they knew it in the fourth quarter, appears to be here. And this was most of this data, if, if you if you listen to me, was April data. This was when we were going to agree, which I write that we're going to sign a deal. This doesn't have the trade war in it. The only one that was a May number was that that freight index that I just shared with you. And that one's pretty scary because that's a big drop. If if freight volumes are down three, four, five percent. What does that mean for GDP? Right, logic kind of tells me. Well, it sounds like it may be down three, four, five percent. I don't know. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Don't forget, coming up next, right here at thirteen sixty, the new open forum. It's going to be some of the most exciting two hours in radio uh, today. Steve Stars kicks it off. He's going to be covering the Lincoln assassinations, all the things you thought you knew. Uh, I'm so excited for it. Uh, we got guys like Dave Hodges, uh, Paul Martin, hopefully Glenn Tate as well. They're all going to be a part of the open forum that's coming. So uh, for those of you not in the Front Range area, just go to 1360khnc.com. And, and you'll be able to listen live. By the way, uh, the podcast for those, sometime today, the Friday edition of the Open Forum, which was the Creature from Jekyll Island, will be available on our website via podcast. Uh, and so will the Colorado Front Range Hour. Uh, all of those shows will now, now those two shows, this week will all be at 1360 starting sometime today. So if you can't listen live to the Lincoln assassination and Steve Stars uh, tomorrow, that show will be up on our website at 1360khnc.com. While we're submitting stuff to iTunes and all that, in about two weeks, It'll be out in the whole, I guess, the podcast world. Uh, but until then, you'll have to go use our website. 800-951-0592. Remember what I told you. Heed my warning. How much does your portfolio weigh is going to be the question. We'll be back tomorrow. 